Well, welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I'm Bishop Sean Cooper. And man, I tell you, it is crazy out there, but Jesus is still on the throne. He's got everything under control. Well, I'm excited for the podcast uh, today. Of course, Legacy Leadership Alliance is a weekly podcast dedicated to emerging generations and thought leaders for legacy transference in the marketplace, educational systems, and religious institutions. Legacy Leadership Alliance, four points of lights are legacy mentorship, PK Alliance, and pastoral infrastructure. Well, there's a lot that I want to talk about, but just to be pointed, I want to talk about leadership from the perspective of backstage leadership. What is under the hood, things that we're dealing with that are underneath the surface. Um, I hope that you all as leaders are gearing up for the unpredictable because we're living in unpredictable times. Um, leadership resilience is mandatory. The Barner Group uh, did a study on pastors and they said that 3%, 3% of pastors say that they got a pulse on what's happening today, which is an insight. Only only 3%. 99% feels uh, they feel misunderstood. Now, that's kind of thought-provoking as pastors. Only 3% of us say that we can put our head around or understand what God is doing in this season. And 99% um, really feel a sense of being misunderstood. Then the poll also suggests that 23% of pastors say their their congregations have been affected by, of course, COVID. 48% say children and youth ministry, uh, that there's a real struggle. And 78% of the congregation, the people that they lead are overwhelmed. That is a lot of pressure upon leaders. And if you're a pastor, a businessman or any type of leadership, specifically, if I speak to pastors, if you're a pastor and you're not feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and somewhat dazed by the blow of the moment, then you're not human. I mean, very few of us uh, are licking this thing with without sweat, without labor, without challenge. This is one of the most difficult times that most pastors are going through or ever been through. So I want you to be encouraged, um, you that are leaders and pastors in the kingdom, because you're not alone. Uh, most of us don't know what's going on. Uh, we God has given us limited of insight, so everything is unpredictable. We can predict one thing, that is that God is faithful, but we cannot predict um, how this coronavirus is, is going to transition. We cannot predict the culture behavior of the moment. Uh, as you all know, we're socialized. I mean, uh, America is a great nation, but we got great problems like racism and other things that's going on. So everything seems to be disjointed and unpredictable. Is that a good place to be as a leader? Or... Um, is it not a good place to be? Well, whether we agree or we disagree, we are there and we can see 
biblical um, triggers and biblical tracks of the past, of things that has happened and put leadership in a place where everything was unpredictable. And there is a backstage to leadership. In other words, um, there are some things underneath the surface or under the hood that most people don't see that we go through as leaders. And I kind of want to deal with some of the things that's in the backstage, the emotions that we go through and sometimes even depression that we go through and we second, uh, second guess our leadership capacity, our effectiveness. Uh, these are some of the backstage challenges that we're going through. And I know if I've been through it, I'm sure you have been through it as well. I've been challenged. I, I'm not lying. I've been challenged. Of course, uh, I said it last uh, week. I went through cancer uh, about nine months ago prostate cancer, and then I had the coronavirus uh, several weeks ago. And so this has been an emotional roller coaster. And there were times where I did second guess my capacity, my leadership ability, my value, my worth. Uh, this has been crazy. But I do want to testify about the faithfulness of God in spite of everything. I want you to know God has been faithful. You know, I have found as a leader, the best way out that is out of a trial, out of a challenge is through. The best way out is through, not under it, not on, uh, on side of it, not an escape from it, but to go through it as a leader. And the reason why is what you get is not as important as who you become because a lot of times we the aftermath is what we get out of it we get a check we get this we get that from a natural standpoint as opposed to what it has allowed us to become um, one of the greatest one of the greatest assets to a leader's life is that they have been battle tested I guess I would say from a business perspective, what are the assets? Well, the assets, one of the, some of the greatest assets that a leader can get coming out of a trial is the experience and what that trial forms them to be, right? You're, you're battle tested by your own limitations. You're battle test, tested by the enemy. Your faith is challenged, right? Your faith is challenged. And you come out as a winner of one that's been tested by death, one that's been te tested by infirmities, one that's been tested by betrayals. Let's think about it. The backstage, right? Look at it from the perspective of leadership. Jesus was tempted at all points, the Bible says, but yet without sin. So temptations and struggles was a part of the dynamic of leadership. And so when we look at the backstage, if we think about the Garden of Gethsemane, prior to that, uh, it was the, the Last Supper. And in, it was the Last Supper scene that Judas was exposed, his betrayer at the most intimate time of ministry, the Last Supper. Before he could, Judas could to drink the wine, right? And the wine tastes could dissipate out of his mouth 
he was betraying Jesus. And then right after that scene, the disciples was arguing over who's going to be the greatest. So I'm sure there was some emotions that was there because Jesus was all God and all man. And then it goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that he was praying. The scripture says that he he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of his spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. Man, that's that's what I call backstage true leadership frustration in the process of purpose. Right. Now, if Jesus went through it, you and I are going to go through it. And it's going to take some ministry resilience because we cannot escape the confrontations and preordained trials that God has already mapped out before us and things that we know of. And then there are things that are unpredictable. We do not know. But what we do know is that God is faithful. So I want to encourage you, um, you that are on the front line of leadership and you are facing the backstage uh, of complications and challenges is just that, you know, you're just feeling like there's a divine disruption, that God is allowing a disruption. Your finances probably has been disrupted. There's a disruption in your, your, your church. There's a disruption in the education uh, field. Uh, there's just challenges there. But I want to encourage you that don't let the lack of peace with the problem force you to not have peace with God. Uh, if there's a Gethsemane, which really means oil, oil press, right? And you're going through the oil press. You're praying fervently. You are. But there's agony, right? There's sweat like drops of blood. Don't let the frustration steal your faithfulness. Don't let the lack of peace with the problem force you to not have peace with God. Because Jesus did not allow the problems that he had with his disciples or the challenge of the cross get him so frustrated that it stole his peace with God. Nothing, I want you to hear me, nothing should interrupt your peace with God. In fact, if you got peace with God, that's your relationship with the Lord. You're walking with the Lord, walking with God in obedience because at the end of the day, the highest level of worship is your obedience, not your performance. I just preached a message about uh, functional, but not fulfilling, you know. God don't want the relationship between you and the Lord to be functional, but not fulfilling. I mean, you operating, you're performing the services, you're preaching, but you're still unfulfilled. One of the things that we have to labor for is fulfillment in pleasing the will of God. If, if you are pleasing God and you're preaching out of your heart and you are loving the people, if you're teaching, loving, correcting, and feeding the people, then you're doing what God called you to do. And in that, you have fulfillment and you have a sense of peace. This, the uh, statistics 
I read about 3% of pastors say they don't have a true pulse on what they need to do. You know, 3%. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, leaders. That means 97% of leaders say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what all what God is doing. And then 99% feel misunderstood. Right. So it's evident that God is allowing us as leaders to be tested in areas and ways and depths of being tested that we are not necessarily familiar with as it relates to the, the degree of it. So as a result of that, it's causing a lot of mental uh, conflict, right, which is inner internal uh, contention or inner habitual strife, right? And, th- and then what happens is that it begins to cause us to have tem- temper tantrums, right? We uh, fears and despairs and loss of emotional control. And this begins to disrupt our tranquility. It starts stealing our peace. Now, as a leader, you may not have peace about what's going on in the, the world. In, in other words, you don't have true insight on how to navigate through all of this. And I think that's okay at the moment because just because we don't have every strategy and every insight. Now we know what the end going to be. God going to bring us through, but um, we perhaps don't know from one day to the next, to the next week, what is the plan? Because everything is unpredictable. It can change on the dime. And then there are things that we put into play strategies, strategic strategies and and things that uh, solidify us and things that will secure us. But even those are subject to change due to this. Uh, these challenges that we're going through because we've never been here before. I mean, who would ever thought that we would be wearing masks, right? I, I've heard very few prophecies that prophesy in details that I'm going to have to wear a mask going to Walmart and back. And I'm going to have to take, uh, take disinfectants and things to wipe my hands. God hid a lot of these things from us. And the Lord knew that we would go through uh, the backstage of um, emotional disruption, right? Despair and second guessing ourselves. You know, one of the negative trends in the church at the moment is uh, absence of peace of mind. As leaders, uh, God wants us to have a biblical peace. And a biblical peace is an undisturbed state of mind absent a mental conflict. Okay? An undisturbed state of mind absent a mental conflict. There, we're going through this as leaders, not that we lose, but we get our mental capacity under control, right? Because there is a biblical peace. There is a tranquility that God want us to walk in. Of course, you know, John, what is it, 14 and 27, where Jesus says peace or the word shalom means peace. And that is absence from disorder as it relates to. To the relationship between you and God. And also peace means bringing into harmony and bringing things into perspective. And he said, I leave with you my peace. I give to you. 
not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, unsettled, intimidated, agitated. You may not have a total peace with the problem, but you better have peace between you and God. And that is the problem, and that's the plan of the devil uh, that he is trying to probe. He's trying to pimp us, if you will, will uh, deceive us, to taunt us, to, to have mental conflict with God, right? God, no, the peace of God. See, when you write in your mind between you and God, in spite of the problem, you're going to be right in dealing with the problem. The problem is, is that the mental conflict and issues that we go through because of the disruption starts disrupting our faith in God and disrupting our peace in God. Okay. In other words, you could make it in a victorious manner when you got peace with God, but you may not have peace in the problem. It may, it may be a disruption. It may be disturbance, right? But you got peace with God. You got peace with the mandate that God given you. When you, when you have peace with God, you're settled in the tribulation, in the problem. And in regardless of the backstage of what's going on, the peace of God or the peace with God gives you precedence over the problem or the present problem that you're dealing with. So don't let the lack of peace with the problem force you, force you to not have peace with God. An undisturbed state of mind, absent of mental conflict, should be a constant and not a variable. I want you to hear me. As a leader, an undisturbed state of mind, absent of mental conflict, and remember the absence or the, the undisturbed state of mind and absent of mental conflict is your relationship with God. It is your mandate that you understand that you're walking, you know, you're following through with God. That is that undisturbed state of mind. You're clear on that, in other words. And you're not, I mean, you, you're absent of mental conflict, which means there's no internal war going on as it relates to the will of God. You know that you know that you're in the will of God. You know that you know that you're preaching the word of God. You know that you know that you're loving the people of God. You know that you know you're feeding the people of God. You have no mental conflict with that assignment. Okay? And and in that realm, um, the frustration cannot steal your faithfulness. When you have peace with God and peace with the assignment that God has given you, the other things that are unpredictable will not undermine and take precedence, right, over your peace. You can still be, you can still have peace in prison. Come on, Peter. Come on. You can still have peace while you are in prison. Come on, Joseph. You can still have peace peace when you are in the fiery furnace come on Shadrach Meshach and Abednego you can still have peace when you are in the lion's den come on Daniel because your peace 
is not just hinged on performance, right? It's not, it's not predicated on how much money you have in the bank. That's not where your faith is. Your faith is in the God that gave you the assignment. That's the reason why when Jesus was in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane as a leader, he felt the pressure of the cross. In fact, he said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this, let, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, he had the drink of the cup. All of us have a cup as leaders. And we're going to feel overwhelmed and pressured. But not to the degree that we abort the mission. Right. Or have some spiritual abortion of the mandate. We, we, we won't go that far. Why? Because our peace is not predicated on the circumstances. Our peace comes from God. Shalom will not allow the frustration of the cross steal our faithfulness. Will not allow coronavirus, coronavirus racial infighting, social disorder. Okay. All of these things that's happening pressure us to the degree we lose our prayer life. We lose our intimacy. We second guess our purpose. No, no, no. You don't second guess your purpose as a leader because of trouble. In fact, the trouble helps define your purpose in a deeper measure because you recognize your value, right? That you're a preacher of the gospel or you are a servant of the king and you are needed, right? The gospel of peace, the gospel of joy, the gospel of salvation in a dark world. Okay, so let me give you some points real quickly. Uh, these are some dynamics. These are some mandatory uh, impartations of peace that God gives us scripturally. He'll give you peace to make it through the day to day struggle. Right. Your daily bread. You may not have peace for the week. In other words, you're struggling today and you don't know if you're going to make it for the whole week, but you're going to. God's going to give you daily peace. Peace to willfully serve him without resistance. I got peace. I got I have resistance. I got problems. I got economic problems, relational problems, people in church problems. And this is especially you that are leaders, right? But you you what you do have that deals with peace is to willfully serve him without resistance. You got peace to possess the promises of God. I know that I know that I'm going to apprehend and make it my own, the, the promises of God. I got, I have hope and I got peace concerning his promises. I got peace in my mind, my heart, and for the future. I have peace to love God with all my heart. I have peace about the outcome of every circumstance. I got peace, an undisturbed state of mind, absent a mental conflict about the outcome and circumstances. I have peace about the patience of God. I, I have peace to wait on him. Uh, Pastor Sim said patience is the result of a doubt, doubtless promise. 
Patience is a result of a doubtless promise. I want you to chew on that. I have peace about my prosperity. See, when you have peace with God, an undisturbed state of mind, absent of mental conflict, you can conquer whatever you go through because your peace is not predicated on the circumstances, on what is happening in the nation, on who passed the right laws. A lot of times we're so driven with fear because we have placed our peace and our faith in systems made, made by men. Something to think about. Well, my time is up. Dealing with this backstage dynamic, all right? Dealing with leadership. Listen, I love you. And once again, send this um, to a pastor, leader, businessman, uh, somebody, a businesswoman, a, a female pastor, woman of God. Send this to somebody. And also subscribe to Legacy Leadership Alliance, the, the podcast. I love you. I love you dearly. You're going to make it through as a leader. You're going to overcome. Remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse. You go with God and be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly blessed.